Okay, good morning everyone. Freyluch and Hanukkah, welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community Kailal of the Summerton Community of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Freyluch and Hanukkah, Ner Echot de Hanukkah, we come to you live on the first day of Hanukkah. And uh, what a better... What what a what a, um, what a what a what a what a wonderful opportunity and and uh, cannot think of a better way to put this opportunity to work than to get right back into Derech Hashem to continue from where we left off last week and uh, with the iris of Hanukkah the lichtig kite of Hanukkah let's uh, try to get some of the iris over here of Derech Hashem so we are in Chelik Aleph Per Gimel Simon Yud Gimel Aleph Gimel Yud Gimel and uh, we're actually the last paragraph of Perik Gimel over here, trying to wrap up and round out this Perik. This Perik has been all about the uh, various stages of life, the stages of existence, stage one, stage two, the Olam of Avoid and the Olam of Schar, and the journey, the process from one to the other, man in stage one of existence, stage two of existence, why we have to go from stage one to stage two, why everyone has to expire after 120, return their neshama one direction to one place, and the Guf goes somewhere else. Goof has to be destroyed and recreated. Neshama goes to the and all that. So he's all that. And we saw also repeatedly that uh, you know the primary reason why the Goof has to be destroyed is because the Goof is in such a state that it can't receive the the hashpa of the Neshama right now. The Goof cannot be raised by the Neshama in its current state, current state and post-chait existence. Our Neshama is unable to raise the Goof. The Goof is a Goof that is unable to receive the, the uh, purification process of the neshama. That's why the guf has to be destroyed. We saw also that that limits the neshama as well. The neshama is now limited for the fact that it cannot give over to the guf. What the neshama wants to give, that limits the neshama. So neshama in this existence is limited because it's connected to a limiting limiting guf. And the neshama, the element of neshamas, begins this process of becoming unlimited. So let's see now Yud Gimel. We'll see one final piece that will put the whole thing together. One more thing you got to know is like this. Now, now means in stage one, in the Olam Ha'avoida, in Olam Hazen, this world, where you know, there's the place for work, place for schwitzing, place for accumulating and creating Olam Haba. So neshamas come into this world also, the same way neshamas go into Olam Haba. Neshamas come into this world when a neshama is, is, is uh, fused to a guf. And that happens every time a baby is born. We have a guf, a new guf that emerges into this world and is given a new neshama. And, and that process of connecting the neshama to the guf happens constantly, continuously here in this world. When the neshama goes into the guf of the uber. FLP. So, so it's in the... It what? The neshama coming in? Yes. 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 Starts at birth. Does it mean that before birth, what, what's the status of the of the uh, of the guf before the birth is not alive? It's a different type of life. Different type of life. That ca- that has halachic um, implications as well. Sugis of abortion, but that, that we can't get into that right now. Um, yeah. When the neshama is inserted into the uber, even though this neshama and guf uh, union, corporation, 
and conglomerate has not yet earned Shlemus through its actions, because it hasn't done any actions, that was just born. Nevertheless, even though this is a neshama that hasn't earned anything yet, hasn't exercised Bechir yet, hasn't gone anywhere yet in, 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 in terms of its journey going towards Hashem, the neshama just by virtue of the very nature of the neshama, the neshama is something spiritual, something ruchni, something that's coming from a higher realm, it really ought to immediately, as soon as it comes into the baby, it ought to purify the baby, give the baby some kind of amazing, you know, radiant goof. To the point that this, this would be unrecognizable, this baby. It would, it would be something that's superhuman. A neshama, as soon as a baby is born, has the ability to make a baby into something superhuman. To make it light, to make it purified. The neshama has this capability. The Ramachal wants to stress his points. And he's saying, every time a baby is born, really what ought to be happening is the neshama should transform this baby into a super being, a super person, a superhero. And the neshama really has the capability of doing that. But the neshama, and even though, and this is point 1b here, even though the neshama hasn't yet done anything yet, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't uh, gone through the great journey of life, exercised its bechir yet. Just the neshama, by virtue of the fact that the neshama should already transform this body, this, this human being, into something that's unrecognizable. What stops it? What's getting in the way? Again, it's this, this, this um, principle that's written into the, the, the operating system of Olam Hazed that we've seen already. The fact that in the post-chait reality, our guf is a limited guf. Our guf is a guf that is now established as having ra in a legitimate sense, as having um, a connection to this world, to physicality, in an intrinsic sense. And that limits the neshama from doing anything to the guf. So the Ramachal just gave us an amazing insight over here that really as soon as a baby's born, the neshama should be able to, you know, jumpstart that baby into something superhuman. But, and even though the neshama hasn't done anything yet, but we already see, in other words, hastus, we already see the, the, the ramifications and the, the um, aftershocks and the after effects of the chayt of Adam Rishon, as soon as a baby's born, we see the effects. As soon as the baby's born, as soon as the baby's born, and we say to ourselves, and we see that that um, this is just a baby. This is just a baby. You're seeing the, the effects of the chayt of Adam Rishon. So a whole different take on babies, right? You hold a baby, and everyone's reaction is so cute. Baby's so cute, so warm and cuddly. Has that baby smell, right? So if you want to know the, the, the correct outlook on a baby, when you're holding a brand new baby, the litvish take on a baby is, this is the chayn of Adam Arishon! Give out! This is just a baby! Why is this not a super being, a superhuman? The chayn of Adam Arishon I'm holding! Right? This is a whole new mahalach, Rabbi say. In, 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 uh, yes. What do you say? This is, this is, this is MS. Um, a whole new mahalach in cuddling a baby. But, but this is, Again, half the dick of art, an amazing insight over here, what we, holding a baby already seeing the effects of the chayt of Adam Rishon, from the fact that the, the, the guf is not, is, um, <clears throat> is um, holding back the neshama. The guf is holding back the neshama, the neshama is a limited 
neshama is unable to be mashpia. Now, just to shift sideways for a moment, we would see it in terms of the lichtikait of the guf, the, 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 the neshama's nature is that of, that it brings, it illuminates, it, it, that's, ayur is always the idea of achieving purity, achieving transcend, transcendence, of achieving, achieving uh, spirituality. And neshama should be able to do that to the guf. The guf should 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 glow, should be you know just effusing over here. But it can't because the guf holds the neshama back, and maybe the neshama is held back. Um, it says when Moshe Rabbeinu was born that. Uh, um, Vayarki Toiv, Pasuk says. When Moshe was born, his parents, Amram and Yochevet, saw Ki Toiv, that he was good. Ki Toiv. So Rashi says, what does it mean they saw he was good? The bias was in the Smaalei Or. When Moshe was born, the house was filled with light. The house was filled with light. He was radioactive. They, uh, they, 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 they gave us something there in the delivery room that uh, you know, made, him, made him glow. Kitoiv, there was light, that there was a neshama that came into the world that was released just a little bit more than your standard average neshama. Moshe came in with a neshama that was destined to give him a hisdachachos that other, that other bodies didn't get. And Moshe comes in with a neshama of Netzach, he comes in with a neshama that's going to be Mechaber, the Oilamas. He comes in with a neshama that's destined to have a guf that's going to be above all the other gufs. See, he comes in a neshama that is not quite as suppressed as a neshama normally is, and that's the kitayv that they saw, that's the or. The or is, this neshama was able to pilezach a little bit more in his guf than the standard neshama. Didn't create him as superhuman, because his guf was still holding the neshama back, but not as much as a guf normally holds the neshama back. This is the oimik, the, 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 and what's going on over there when it says that when Moshe was born, there's nesmal habayis or. His neshama was not quite as suppressed as every neshama because he has a neshama which is which is a more powerful neshama, neshama which is taka destined to be mezachich a guf in this world. It's not a level playing field. What? Right? Not a level playing field. Not a level playing field. That's right. Because we should have certain neshamas that have to be sent down. We need the neshama. Moshe Rabbeinu to come in to give us tayro. Yeah. None of us have Moshe's neshama. None of us are ever going to have Moshe's neshama. None of us are ever able are, are able able are ever able to achieve what Moshe Rabbeinu achieved. Even though the Rambam seems to say otherwise, right? The Rambam, the famous Rambam, that said over famously, everyone is able to say that um, uh, everyone is able to be a tzaddik k'moshe rabbeinu. So the Rambam is often quoted as as a proof as a, that you know, tak anyone can become moshe rabbeinu. It's not true. Moshe became moshe because he had neshama of moshe. None of us have the neshama of moshe. None of us will ever have the neshama of moshe. Moshe had to have a, moshe had to give a He had to bring down Torah. He had to be. You know, the, the, the tzinor, through which Torah was, was able to come, he had to lose his bechira for that, as, as we've discussed. He had to taka become l'malam ateva. When you have that neshama, that's your task, and, and Rebbe needs someone to have that task, so he sends that neshama into this world. None of us have that neshama. What the Rambam means when he says, each of us can achieve shleimus, like Moshe achieved shleimus, but shleimus for us doesn't look like the same thing as it looks like shleimus for Moshe. So, yeah, one way of looking at that is that it's not a level playing field, it's not fair. And maybe it isn't fair. Don't know. But each and, us, each and every one of us has a different tafkid. I didn't get Arthur's neshama. I don't think that's fair. I, I can't, I'm not a kind. I'm never going to be a kind. Never going to be a kind. Is that fair? No, it's not fair, but that's life.
That's life. Okay, but but that's the Oymek Adorma, a, a, a nice L'chvayda, uh, the first Ur of Chanukah, to understand the Yar Vayirus Hanar Kitov, as a yell of Kitov. The Kitov, Rashi says Kitov is the Nesma'el Habayis Ur, and the Drash is because it's Kitov, Vayelikimas Ur Kitov. It's Kitov, Kitov. So the ur that came into the house when Moshe was born is because there was a neshama that was not quite held, mm-hmm. as held back as much as a neshama mm-hmm. is normally held back. This is a hecher neshama, a higher neshama. Half ladik, Rabbi say. Um, a neshama that's capable of being mezachech more than the typical neshama. Normally neshama comes in to a baby and the baby immediately suppresses that neshama. The baby immediately, because of post-hate reality, the guf, even if a baby is a guf, that is physical, is a shtick air, is something that will sink and will fall and will just cling to earthliness, to physicality. And that's the, that, that's the goof of every ober is like that. The goof of every baby is like that. All babies do all day long is physical things. Babies eat and they sleep. They burp maybe. They cry. This, these are all physical activities. You don't get any more physical than a baby that weighs down the neshama. Mamela, the neshama can't illuminate it. By Moshe Rabbeinu, there was a little bit more illumination. And that's what they saw. They saw that. It was a hisdachachus. Okay. Um, and w- when did Moshe get this fully? He get this, got this by Harsinai. Um, the Pshat and Moshe, why Moshe is always kvad peo, kvad lashon. Moshe can't speak the way he wants to speak. I have a speech impediment. But the Pshat is his, that that, that, um, that was the one place where his, his physicality was still weighing down the spirituality. He had a hecher neshama higher than everyone else, a neshama that was capable of, of being mezach the guf, that was still lamaisa before Har Sinai, before he has the final purification on his guf, the guf is still holding the neshama back in terms of his ability to channel forth uh, Torah. So that's where it shows up in the Kavad Pen, the Kavad Lashon. And that, that, that he loses by Har Sinai. From Har Sinai, he doesn't have that issue anymore because he has achieved through Harsinai the the the, the a guf where the neshama could be mezachich that guf. Um, getting back to babies and prechet and postchet and the ramchal, yeah. So the neshama, even before it's done anything in this world, by its insertion into the baby, should already create something unbelievable here. Amnam kzeirasa yisbarach. The, the divine decree, with the way this world works in post-hate reality, is that the neshama, even of the baby, by being latched onto the baby, is now diminished. It's diminished. It can't, it can't raise and, and, and illuminate, purify this newborn the way neshama is, is built to. The neshama dwells there in an accursed sense, luta. It's 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 suppressed. To the, to the degree which uh, is is necessary to achieve the, this divine plan of what we're here to do in this world. And is able, only able to be active in the guf, only according to the the uh, system and the the uh, degree. Which is appropriate and which is um, designated for it in terms of again how this world is built. What he's referring to is we saw earlier 
that the neshama does have an effect on our bodies. Um, and it's only really two, and, and it's left it's left to the neshama to be able to have two um, influences and two degrees of connection where it shows up in the body. One is in the fact that the body's alive, just sheer life is an effect of the neshama, and the other one is um, is uh, intelligence. Intelligence. So the neshama is there to provide intelligence as well. Does this mean that also when a person has the neshama suppressed a different amount? Yes. And no. Um, it can mean that. It can also mean there are also just different levels of... Um, of um, Different levels of, of uh, neshamas as well. Different levels of neshamas. There are different levels of suppression and different levels of neshamas in terms of, uh, of in terms of the uh, you know the, the ceiling of intelligence. Vehine, kefi ma'as in accordance with the the uh, the the actions the bechira that the neshama is able to, to pull off over here. And it's, uh, it's growth in this world over the course of its lifetime. It really should um, begin to expand and to begin to shine and to begin to illuminate the guf. The second point that it should really have an effect on the guf. So Michal is pointing out here in the roundup of the parak. it's a tricky paragraph to try to figure out what he wants in this paragraph. Like, what's he adding to what we had till now? So, when we keep track of things, he's adding on a few things. He's adding on that that uh, this idea that the neshama really can do much more to the guf than it's doing comes at different points. And immediately, the neshama, as soon as the baby is born, should be able to do a lot more than we see. And even after we've suppressed that, but as the neshama then gains and grows and climbs and accomplishes in this world, that also should be able to affect the guf because the neshama is growing stronger. The second place where the neshama should be able to affect the guf. Just the sheer insertion of the neshama and the guf should affect the guf because you have spirituality imbued into physicality that should raise this physicality. And then as the neshama gains and grows in strength, it should also show up in the, in, in the guf. But that also doesn't show up. That purification should, uh, should have hit the guf. Again, because of the same way that this world works, the, the expansion of the neshama and the growth of the neshama really only kicks in in the Olam HaNeshamas. Okay, so two things. So neshama on its own is, is a piece of spirituality. It's an element from the upper realms and the upper spheres and the upper worlds. And being that it's something that comes from a higher existence, higher reality, that itself should already raise the guf. Um, that is a, that's a constant. That um, property of the neshama, that it is from a higher realm and therefore has the ability to transform a guf into a super guf, is a constant. And that stays the same way over from, from birth till after till 120 when the neshama departs. In addition to that, the neshama, through its accomplishments, its goals, and its achievements, sh- should be constantly gaining strength and growing, becoming more lichtig, more illuminated, stronger, and more expanded. 
that is actually suppressed. That growth of the neshama is suppressed, and that only begins to develop in the Olam HaNeshamas, as we explained last week. Ochein b'shuva when the neshama is returned to the guf. After tchias ha'meisim, loitis might v'loitis alim, it will no longer be diminished, no longer be clouded, this, this uh, growth and development. Will be able to be inserted into the guf in its in its glory and in all of its radiance. Because in the Yanashamas, that's when it began to radiate, that's when it began to glow, that's when it began to expand. That's when the, 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 the potential energy became kinetic energy, kinetic spiritual energy. Then, when the neshama is reinserted into the new guf after the year 7000, immediately it will illuminate the guf with high-level illumination. We'll have a guf, a recreated guf, put the neshama to the guf, and that guf will go from guf to super guf, like this, with immediacy. Well, it's both. It's a, it's a guf that allows the neshama to do what it needs to do. And the neshama is not suppressed, and the neshama now can do what it needs to do. Because even a neshama that's not suppressed, rather that is suppressed, right? doesn't a neshama that, whether it's suppressed or not suppressed, it can still do much more to a guf. Um, when the guf is not suppressed. And that, that's what the Ramchal began with saying, that, that when a baby is born, that neshama, even though that neshama hasn't done anything with itself yet, is, is, the, you know, is the lowest um, denomination of the neshama, that should make the guf become something unrecognizable. So what happens immediately in Ayelam Haba is that we have Tarti Latevusa. We have a neshama that's not suppressed and a guf that can be macabre then. Yeah. It sounds like it's an Ayelam HaNeshama already that the neshama is already going to... Not be held back. Correct. It's only going to be put into the guf, which that's going to be its kinetic. Uh, in the Eilam HaNeshamas, the Neshama begins to expand. The potential becomes kinetic, becomes actualized. And then it's able to give that over to a guf in Eilam Haba. Um, now, here, now, okay, now. In Eilam Haba, we don't need progressive, slow, and steady growth that we need now, that we see now with kids. Immediately, when the Neshama put, goes into the guf, it will immediately radiate it, immediately illuminate it, and immediately raise that guf in Eilam Haba. Immediately. It will go from like zero to eight billion in, in, in one instance. Not gradually and not in steps and stages. Immediately, it will be able to purify, illuminate, raise this guf to something unrecognizable. So the guf that we start off with in Eilam Haba is akin to the guf Adam has before the chayit. The neshama is put into that guf, and then the guf now goes through the through the roof in one step, in one, in one jump, in one leap. V'amnam, says the Ramchal, one final thought here. Even though, now we see the neshama came in with, you know, 8 billion um, terawatts of power. And that neshama is put into a guf, and that guf now suddenly lights up with 8 billion terawatts of power. 
immediately. There's nothing holding it back. It doesn't have to go in stages. So we think, okay, so that's the that, that's it now. This is what you have for eternity. This 8 billion terawatt guf with the 8 billion terawatt neshama is, that's pretty good. It sounds pretty nice. And that's what now enjoys the Rebbein Shalolim's wattage for eternity. Says the Ramchal that no, from this point on, there's still continuous growth. There is continued growth and continuous growth. And let's now look at the difference between the immediate expansion of the guf and the neshama, the immediate expansion of the guf, and the what, the, the, the what happens after that for eternity. For Amnam, although there's this immediate leap of energy, the immediate expansion of the guf by the neshama, immediate purification and illumination that does not prevent the following from happening as well. This, this leads to an eternal process of continued growth, incremental growth. What does that mean? Immediately as one of the neshama comes into the guf and Adam have onto the new guf, that person again gets an, an immediate elevation, an immediate transcendence, and an immediate purification, and immediately becomes unrecognizable. He gets his, his first level purity. And he's elevated through that everything that much, much more so and uh, uh, exponentially more than anything he achieved in his original life. And that's in accordance with everything that he put into this world, everything that he created in this world, everything that he made himself in potential form in this world. Then immediately shoots him into a place where he can be in that circle of people that are able to be at one with Hashem and enjoy Hashem's perfection. So that happens immediately. And what happens after that? What's this gradual growth afterwards? They together, Shnehem, the Guf and the Neshama, the Guf and the Neshama grow together. Stage after stage, growth after upon growth, they get upgrade after upgrade. In accordance with what is uh, appropriate for someone of that level, of that station that he achieved. Period. That's the end of the paragraph. That's the end of the parak. So what does Ramchal mean? It's confusing a little bit, the last few lines. Let's try to just sort out the last few lines and just say an overall idea of what, 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 what's happening here in the last parak, paragraph of this parak. So Ramchal says the first part, which we get, very uh, straightforward, that you know the neshama, the neshama is unlocked. All the potential becomes actualized. You have the neshama that's that is supercharged neshama. You put that into a guf that's able to accept that, receive that, and you have a, a superhuman guf, and it happens instantaneously. And after that, there is a continuous, constant, unending growth. Zeramchal <clears throat> says, "Yeah, that, that's going to happen." He doesn't really explain that to us so much. What is this secondary growth? The second stage of growth that happens in Elam Habo after that, you know, going blowing through the ceiling. So one clue the Ramchal gives us is the fact that they grow together. The Neshama and the Guf grow together. He says it's not the Guf that keeps growing, it's the Neshama and the Guf. He says, um, The Neshama and the Guf together grow stage upon stage to get upgrades. Together. Both of them. Thus, what does that mean? It means like this. What's, the, what's that growth and where is it coming from? So the initial growth again is 
the fact that we have a neshama that's no longer suppressed, that's able to give a goof, that's, that's no longer with, held back from, from accepting it. We have to remind ourselves, though, what we saw last week, what is it that suppresses the neshama in this world, in this lifetime, in this existence? There were really two things. One item that was suppressing the neshama all along in this existence was the fact that the neshama is just cemented to a goof that can't be macabre anything from it. It's a goof that's a lowered goof, a compromised goof, a goof that is in opposition to HaKadosh Baruch in opposition to illumination, so the goof can't do anything to it. The other idea that we saw was the very fact that the neshama can't give over to the goof that also suppresses the goof. The fact that the neshama can't give. When somebody can't give, that's a limitation. When somebody has something to give and they can't give it, that suppresses the giver. A giver who can't give is not fully himself. A giver who can't give has a compromised existence. The neshama, being that it can't give the goof, that compromises and lowers and suppresses the neshama. In Eilam Haba, not only the neshama now is no longer held back from the goof, because the goof has a purified starting point, and the neshama can now give over to it, the very fact that the neshama can now give, that's also an elevation to the neshama. Neshama can give. Neshama can give. If it can give, that gives further shleimos to the neshama. There's a neshama that's able to be a giver now. So this is what's going on, Rabbi Yisai. Half of a fellow. What's going on is like this. The neshama, the island of neshamas, is now released from its shackles and its, its confines. It's glowing. It's supercharged. And it's waiting now for that guf that's able to be macabre from it. The guf, we have a new guf in Eilam Haba, a guf that doesn't have a legitimized ra anymore, a guf that doesn't have an, an, an antithetical component, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a guf that can receive from the neshama. We put the neshama in, that guf goes through the roof, 8 billion terawatts of energy. Amazing. But that, in turn, raises the neshama. After that initial surge through the roof, the neshama has, has, has received an elevation also. Why is the neshama elevated? Because the neshama was able to give to the guf. Now, the neshama that's been elevated has more to give to the guf because it's an elevated neshama. So the guf gets more from the neshama. The guf gets more from the neshama. The neshama has again been elevated because the neshama is more of a giver. The neshama has more to give. The guf has more to get. The guf has more to get. The neshama has more to give. The neshama has more to give. The guf has more to get. The guf has more to get. The neshama has more to give. And that goes on ad infinitum. Netach netzachim. You have that gradual process. And this is, we referred to this a while ago, this is approaching the infinite. Now we understand what's going on in Lambdas, what the system is, and why we're approaching the infinite. Because we have this never-ending process where as the neshama gives, the, the guf gets, and as the, neshama, as the guf gets, the neshama has more to give because it's been elevated as a giver. Now, there is obviously a qualitative and quantitative difference between the initial surge and the gradual upgrade. And the Ramchal is clear about the iluyim achar iluyim. There's the initial surge. You go through the roof, and then there's iluyim achar iluyim but that approaches the infinite for eternity. Okay, everybody got that? That's the difference in love. It's between the two stages of growth, of purification and illumination that the guf receives in Eilam Haba. It's the, the first one that the neshama gives to the guf, and then after that they have this constant feedback where they're, feeding, they're, 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 they're bouncing off of each other and elevating one another, and that continues for eternity. We'll, we'll speak at one final point for, before we call it a, 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 a day. If we call the morning over here, um, it, it, we, we, we see the last few lines of Ramchal is making a profound point over here, the different stages of growth and, and of purification of the Mahaba. Till that point in time, like he's telling us that when the Neshama comes into this world, 
it, it's all it's immediately suppressed and then it's suppressed again with the baby being born. Like, what does he want with all that? Um, where is he going with that? And, and what is he saying more than what we could have just connected on our own? So just to, 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 to um, you know, come away with the basic points that Ramchal is establishing here in the last paragraph. So first of all, um, the, 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 the first point, as we mentioned, is Ramchal showing us that there's two points over the course of a person's lifetime in this world where the neshama should be giving the guf, but it's not. One is as we gain and grow in our own bechir and are making good decisions, uh, the neshama should be growing as well, should be gaining power, and that power should be going to the guf, but that growth is locked up in potential form. But even before that, the Ramchal wants to make it clear, there should be an initial burst of perfection and illumination as soon as a baby is born. Because, hey, just got a neshama, even before the neshama has, has been able to labor and toil in this world, the neshama itself should be able to make a, a, a body superhuman. But there's something more than that. The Ramchal really is coming to address a question over here. We read the paragraph carefully. We see where he answers that question. The question that Ramchal is coming to address is, if there's two stages of life and death, two stages of existence, stage one and stage two, and we have two bodies, body one and body two, and there's two different times that the neshama is going to come into the body. There's, in stage one, the neshama comes into the body, in stage two, the neshama comes into the body, right? And we know this. Stage one, stage two, the neshama comes into the soul, into this body when we're born, and the soul comes into the body, in excuse me, when we recreated. The Ramachal is asking a question, why is it that the world set up in a way that, that, um, we see a difference, seemingly, in, in, in the uh, body receiving the neshama, in the effects of the neshama on the body. Or, said differently, the Ramchal is coming to preempt a, 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 a um, conjecture and, and a um, supposition that we may presuppose. We may presuppose the following. We may set up the following logical um, inference and, and, and conclusion, we may say, well, I have this world and I have the next world. I have the neshama coming to a body in this world, I have the neshama coming to a body in the next world. The same way in this world, the neshama, we see a gradual development of the human being. A gradual development. How long does it take in this world a human being to become something that you can really call a human being? 30 years. 40 years. How long? You're someone who's raised children and grandchildren over here. Nine months? No, after birth. After birth. After birth. 13 years old. What? 13. 13. Okay, we have an optimist over here. Someone who sees the, the, the part of the cup that's half full, maybe a quarter full, maybe one two hundredth full or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, that's nice. That's a nice outlook on humanity and life. Yeah, and that's certainly the terror's ideal. The terror's expectation is it takes 13 years to become... Someone who's been called a man, maybe in Shemaim's view, it takes 20 years, perhaps, also. Good, we'll go with that. But it's a gradual process. It's a process. Until you become someone who can be a semblance of a human being. In Eilam Haba, I would presuppose maybe it's the same thing. You know, when the Shemaim goes to the Gulf, maybe Eilam Haba is like being born again. Being born again, Rabbi Yisai, right? We're all waiting to be born again. Yeah, some of us already have been born again, again. Um... Correct? So we're born once in this world. We're going to be born again. Um, and it'll be like being born again. Mamish. It'll be a process, a development in the next world, in the world to come. The Ramchal is coming to answer that and saying, no, it's not the same way. 
And he's going to explain why it's not the same way. In this world, there's something called birth and something called being born again. Uh, born, being born. Being born. And that, that, that's a process, that's a development that comes in stages, 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 till you become 13, become 20, and beyond. But in the world to come, there's no stages. It happens immediately. The born again is not being born again. It's born and suddenly you're a you're, you're, uh, perfect man. Why is that? What's the difference? Here again, we'll, half of a fellow, half of the good difference. <coughs> comes out from the writer Ramchal is telling us that the... Um, the very fact that we have a requirement for this gradual development of man over here, which takes so long, takes 13 years, takes 20 years, as far as Shemaim's outlook is concerned, right? That's a long time. That's because we have a body that's holding us back. That's why it takes so long. We have a body that's taking us, that's holding us back. It takes 20 years to develop intelligence, real mature adult intelligence. And that is, that's why you're not chayv in Dinesh until you're age 20. You're not held accountable in the, in, the, in, the, in the heavenly courts until you are age 20. Why is that? Because it takes at least 20 years to develop intelligence. Real solid state intelligence. So you can trust somebody with, 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 with a driver's license, with a car, with, 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 with a gun, with, with uh, alcohol, with cigarettes, with the ability to vote. Okay, it's too late to start making cynical lines over here and, and to be sarcastic but 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 um it takes a good couple of decades for that development of intelligence what is the development of intelligence a function of it's a function of the neshama's presence in the gulf we've seen that already intelligence is really the intelligence is already there in the neshama so why does it take 20 years for me to see signs of intelligence in my kids maybe why does it take 20 years to see those signs of intelligence? Because the guf is holding the neshama back. It takes 20 long years for the neshama to chip away at that guf, to, to begin to put intelligence into that guf. That's why. Because we have a guf that's a post chait guf. It's the guf that's holding the neshama back. The neshama, intelligence is, not, is a sign of the neshama in, infused into the guf, present in the guf. It takes a very long time because we're up against a, a very... Heavy goof, a very weighty goof. In Oilam Haba, Rabbi Yisai, there's no goof getting in the way anymore that we have over here. We don't have a post chait goof, we have a pre chait goof. We have a goof that's not holding the neshama back. Everything the neshama is able to do is there immediately, and that's what their house coming to Bavor. And there's no, we don't need those stages of development when we are going to be born again in the world to come. It's not going to be at all like it is now. That's the Oymek Again, another beautiful insight over here as to why it takes so long for us to develop and gain maturity and, 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 and intelligence to be trusted with things is because we have a guf that's holding that intelligence back. It takes a very long time for the Nisham to be mashpia to, to work that out. That's why, we'll wrap up with this, one more beautiful idea. You see a very profound difference between the development of man and the development of animals in the animal world. You know, mountain goats can scale mountains, I think, when they're like four hours old. Something like that. I read, this is one of these facts you read in these books that you read when you're a kid, you know. So mountain goats, when they're a few hours old, they can already climb up mountains, you know. Uh, uh, baby elephants can, can do elephant-like things already. In the first couple of days of their life, they can do crazy things. How long does it take an animal to begin to, to, to act like an animal. It doesn't take very long at all. Okay, so, so, so you know, other, other, other 
you know, maybe cats don't open their eyes for a week or something, maybe. Okay, but after a week, they open their eyes and then they're good to go. In the animal world, you don't see this development at all like you see in, in, in the human world, and that's because they don't have this, this the, the, the neshama and the guf interaction like we do. They don't have a neshama which is giving a, a higher intelligence, which is being held back by a guf, which is a post-trade guf. They don't have that like we have that. and We have that in this world, the next world we don't have that, and that's a lot to digest for today, so let's all digest that. And um, we will continue with Hashem tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining. Does, does he state whether...